0: full-service financial planning service company welcome to the veronica edwards show where we have fun financial conversations that everyone listening can apply to their personal and professional life I'm your host, Veronica Edwards, so excited to be back here season two on bizradio.us. As always, I want to thank the listeners, aka the V Team, for downloading the podcast at veronicaedwards.buzzbrot.com, shameless plug, and listening live here on bizradio.us. We are approaching 100 episodes. We're getting close to 2,500 downloads, so appreciate the love, and I know today's show is about to go viral. Okay, because we have my little brother from another mother. Shout out to Mama Rhonda from Brunswick, Georgia, in the building. So this guest attended Prairie View A&M University, where he majored in biology with minors, not one, but two in chemistry and Spanish. He also went on to attend Vanderbilt University, darling, where he attained his PhD in cell and developmental biology. Honey, he is smart, smart. And he is my first male PhD on the show, but let's not get it twisted. He's the fourth guest on the Veronica Everett Show with a PhD. All of these guests are melanin in color. So I'm very excited that this guest also has his own bakery business called the Cocoa Cake Shop, which I love that name. So without further ado, my baby brother, Dr. Christopher Arnett, welcome Chris. Uh,
1: thank you for uh having me i it's you know just listening to that it's very interesting to hear other people read about me and a uh, bio and all this stuff it's very strange to hear those things because usually i never tell anybody any of this but because you are you i will allow you to tell these things to the world so thank you for having me
0: Absolutely. You know, I brag on all my Ph.D. friends because in my mind now I have a Ph.D. too. It's never too late. (laughs) So, Chris, we always start the show asking the guests to tell the listeners all about you, where you're from, and how you found yourself starting your own business after having a whole Ph.D.
1: Um, Well, as Veronica pointed out, I am from Brunswick, Georgia, which is a very tiny coastal town that no one ever Really knows about. Oh, I know about. Uh, mm-mm,
0: don't do that. Well, I know about.
1: You, 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 you know about Brunswick. But if I go out to any part of the world and I'm like, oh, I'm from Brunswick, they like, oh, where is that? Some people even ask me. Georgia has a coast, which is surprising oh. and, and, and you know indictment of our educational system. But whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm from Brunswick. I you know, went to Prairie View, which, was an H, which is an HBCU, so it's very Black, which was great. <laughs> went to Vanderbilt, which was not very Black, which mm. was culture shock, but I pushed through. And then from there, I went on to do a postdoc in Chicago at Northwestern, which was great, you know, getting the science, doing the science, learning about melanoma and signaling pathways, which was cool. Meeting some very interesting people who I still talk to to this day. So that's been fantastic. And then from there, you know, you know, Rhonda, my mother, is like, yes. you, know, you just keep moving further and further away. And it's true. I've you know, gone from the moving west of Georgia to now just moving north to back to West, but anyway, I left Chicago after my postdoc to work in science publishing in Boston for a while. And it's there that I, I started actually the first bakery uh, that you know sort of spawned this later version here in Seattle. But there I started a bakery because the pandemic had happened uh-huh. or was happening. And I was like, mm, I'm bored and I I, <laughs> You know, baking is basically just science. So I was experimenting baking things, and then I just started saying, you know, I could turn this from you know a hobby into making some money on the side because science publishing does not pay that well. (laughs) So I just started, you know, I just started baking things, and from there, you know, the bakery was born. And then I, you know, ended up getting a new job here in Seattle, working in diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I had to like shut all that down because all the of course, all the rules in Seattle are completely different about what you can and can't do, what you can and can't sell. Mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't buying a brick and mortar place. So I had, to, I had to like figure out uh, what the rules were. And I was adjusting to uh, you know a new city, a new state, West Coast living, all this mm-hmm. other stuff. So I've been adjusting to the job for a while. And then I decided, oh, I should get back into baking and I've been using baking as like sort of a a feature of my programming here at the University of Washington. So I then decided, well, I might as well just open the business back up. So I reopened under, under, under a new name and here we are.
0: Wow. So many questions I have for you, Chris. So when you were, yes, when you were growing up, did you have a desire to bake or was this, like you said, something that literally just happened while you were an adult board? Just like, this is science. I can do it.
1: I mean, I, I have always been in the kitchen, I guess, like helping my grandparents, bake and or just cook in general, like little, Uh nothing, nothing like, oh, I'm making a two tier wedding cake or something, nothing fancy (laughs) like that, but just here and there, I'm going to make something. I'm going to help you make something. I'm going to, you know, ice the cake or I'm going to stir this, stir that, but it wasn't anything magical, right? It was just like the little things that we all do as kids because we are running underfoot and we want to like, oh, I want to stir that. Uh sort of (laughs) thing And lick the spoon. (laughs) Yeah. And lick the spoon. Yeah. Those sorts of things. Nothing like, oh yeah, I'm going to, surprise you with this fantastic cake or pie. Um but you know if you if you break baking down into its sort of components you you know with cooking you can you know you can sort of riff you can do whatever you can taste you can add you can diss that and it'll turn out fine. With baking it has to be very precise. It has to be like you can't add too much of this or too little of that or it won't work. So mm-hmm. for me it felt very much like oh this is how science works, right? Mm-hmm if I want an experiment to pan out, I've got to add just the right things to, or ingredients to that experiment or else it's not going to work. So it felt very natural to be like, oh, I'm baking because I was already doing a version of it in a science lab.
0: I love that. And how did you come up with the amazing name of the cocoa cake shop?
1: Listen, listen, (laughs) I struggle with like, the artsy cutesy sort of things that will grab like i struggle so you know in my when my first iteration of the bakery i i literally had a poll at work i was like what should i call this of course you had a poll at work such a
0: scientist i had people vote on what the
1: name should be because i'm like i don't i don't know and everything that i could think of obviously the domains already purchased there's already a version mm-hmm. of this and it's just like ugh jesus the <laughs> offense um, but i you know i was like whatever so i had people vote on it and then eventually i just chose it here i i've been go because i because i now work in de and i i've been going to a lot of things about identity a lot of trainings and talks about like identity and connecting those things throughout your life etc so you know coco really has I like, first of all, I like the alliteration of Cocoa Cake Shop, uh, but I also, mm-hmm. Cocoa for me has sort of a, 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 a second meaning referring to me, like Cocoa, even though mm-hmm. Black people, as a, an aside to anybody who's not Black out there, we do not like being referred to as food. Please don't do that. <laughs> um, but Cocoa, you know, in, in its essence sort of also relates to me as a, a Black man in the baking industry or in the world in general. So. I was like, oh, cocoa, that could refer to me, that could refer to a common ingredient in a lot of baked goods. It works out. I like the alliteration. I was like, that's the one. And again, you know, I had to ask people, what do you think of this name? How do you mm-hmm. feel about this name? I like the way that it rolls off the tongue. And it felt like it would be something that would people that would remember easily and not be like, damn, what the name of that delicious but wacky ass name bake shop i can't remember that so oops, sorry i already i realize now
0: no you're fine you're fine but no i love the name cocoa cake shop and we always ask you know the guests to give the listeners some tips and When I thought about you, here it is, you have a full-time career, big-time PhD, darling, and you started started this business. So for those that are listening that have a full-time job and they're like, I have this hobby, people keep telling me it's more than a hobby, I should make money off of it. What type of advice do you give for folks that want to start a part-time business?
1: I mean, for me, I think it's a skill that I, that, you know, you sort of hone in, P- well, I hone getting my PhD, but I think everybody has the ability to hone it or two things actually. First is do your research, like uh-huh. understand like what the market needs. If there are 8,000 bakeries in your city, you know, <laughs> adding one more is going to be like, Nobody's going to come to that because how are you going to distinguish yourself from the rest of the market to be like, oh, out of these 8,000, you should come to me 8,001 because I'm going to be the best. It's like, well, maybe, but Mm -hmm. probably not. Um, The other thing, especially with my business, with baking, is that time management is extremely important Mm -hmm. if you're thinking about... Baking, it can often be very laborious and time consuming. And, you know, like you said, I have a full time job. So I have to really plan out like, when am I going to bake things? How am I going to bake things? Uh, I live, you know, my place is not a commercial kitchen. So I have to also think about like space. Where am I going to store these things before they need to be delivered or I'm taking them to someplace, whatever it may be. So it's a lot of like those things i think the first real step is like knowing the market how are you going to differentiate yourself Mm -hmm. amongst these other fifty thousand people who are doing the same thing as you claiming to be the best and unique and this and that Mm -hmm. so that that those are those are my tips and also like be wise with your money don't like Mm -hmm. don't put everything don't like get that whatever payment and then spend Fifty percent of it, and think, oh yeah, this fifty percent or seventy five percent is going into my bank account, and the rest is for the business. Because you know, while you are enjoying the profits today, you know it, the business is going to not be able to stay afloat for long because right. you about like all the overhead, all the taxes. Don't forget to pay your taxes because they will come for you. Um. Um, your taxes. Thinking about like the cost of the uh, equipment, the cost mm-hmm. of the uh, individual components, like for baking, like flour, sugar, eggs, yep. like all those things are important to consider when you're you know, thinking about, oh, I'm gonna have this business, so.
0: Absolutely, and you mentioned, Chris, that you know you don't have a commercial kitchen. So for the Cocoa Cake Shop, do you deliver? Is it an online bakery? Is it only for Washington State?
1: So it is an online bakery, which is easy, for, easier for me because, again, brick and mortar requires a lot more, you know, a lot more bureaucracy, a lot more paperwork, a lot more mm-hmm. like startup cash, right? Yep. I have to find a place to rent or buy, make sure, have it inspected, make sure it's up to code. Too much, stuff, like too much. Like, it's, it's a lot easier to say an online bakery. And also it gives you like, I think of it as a, as, as a, um, as we're, we're demoing this, right. We're demoing the bakery, right. If it does well and people are enjoying it and they're like, Oh yeah, this is a really good place. And there's lots and lots of business that suggests that, okay, over time we can grow, right. These, whatever, six months to a year, two years you spend, building a client base getting to know people getting your name out there saving uh-huh. money and then once you've built that up then you've and saved that money then you've got sort of a like hey we're moving to a brick and mortar it's because people now know you and you've sort of built a clientele that's going to keep the business afloat and that will you know self-reference itself sustain it's sustainable business uh-huh. right as opposed to open a brick and mortar I don't know if people are going to come. I don't know uh, if folks are going to be interested in, or if they're going to be like, how is this bakery different from another? But by starting small and growing big, I think it gives it gives me the chance to really further test out the market and see whether or not this is actually going to be sustainable. It's sustainable at a small scale, but not at a larger scale, that sort of thing. Because I could see how much profit is coming in and say, oh, okay, cool. I can make enough to you know, have this in my house and mm-hmm. have a little profit as opposed to now have to think about a building rent and thinking about like all the like licenses I have to get and maintain uh-huh. all the room, like that sort of thing. So, yeah, so it's an online business online bakery for now. It is just Washington based currently uh-huh. uh, depending on, I mean, well, not currently it is just Washington based because, you know, those are the laws, but um, the good thing really, I mean about the the model is that, you know, for me now I can go you know, once you have once you have all the like in home sort of they call it cottage laws, cottage law licensing. I can also like go out into you know farmers markets and do things there. I don't have uh-huh. to be restricted to just sort of selling out of my house. Uh-huh. I can also go out to sort of local events and be like, hey, I have you know I have a license. I have this established business. It's you know branded, whatever, and pay whatever fee to sell at these farmers markets, and seattle not surprisingly has a lot of farmers markets okay every saturday or sunday Mm -hmm. you can find one where you can go and sell your wares
0: asheville is the same way and i have quite a bit of people that i've met in the business world that came from seattle and they say that asheville is like a little baby um seattle in that sense a lot where you know tree huggers and vegetarians vegan we have a lot of um markets and everything is naturally grown. So it sounds like you're in an amazing market for your business, which you researched and you figured out what to do. And I love that you said, you know, this is kind of a demo. We're just trying to figure out if this is going to work. But at the same time, if it works, it's okay to keep it online. I tell people all the time, since COVID, it's really opened up people's minds that, Okay, yeah. I don't necessarily have to go to the mall. I can order this online, or I do my business a hundred percent virtually. I can get on Zoom. I can share screens. I can help my clients wherever they are, as long as they have internet and a smart device.
1: Yeah, it it, it definitely works out that way. Uh, and I, I mean, honestly, the whole idea of having to go and look and search and test and blah 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 and this and that. I, you know, I. I will do it, but begrudgingly. But right, especially, especially now as, as as you said, especially now that we are in a not post COVID people, but we're in a you know tail in riding through COVID, li- learning to live with COVID situation where people mm-hmm. have you can work from home, businesses can have people work from home and be just as profitable, and things can work as smoothly when folks are not in the office all the time. I think it's nice to have this online option that allows you to like browse things and ask uh-huh. questions, but not have to physically go to a space. Cause sometimes I can't run across town right. to make it to that bakery that closed at five, but I can always hop on a zoom.
0: Okay. Or I can always order it and have oh, it delivered. Yeah, exactly. So Chris, just like that, we're already to the end of the show. I have to have you back, but I definitely want you to plug all your social media website. How can, even though um, most of the listeners are in Western North Carolina, but we reach people everywhere. How can people support Cocoa Cake Shop?
1: My cash app? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right now I'm in the process of of building the Instagram, but you can find it at the Cocoa Cake Shop. Um mm-hmm. and the website is com.
0: so well you know I be having family reunions which we've had one in Brunswick, Georgia before just so you know
1: why? I mean <laughs> There is absolutely nothing there. But what it There's we a had y'all.
0: a ball, but I'm just letting you know if I if, if I need to fly you out, which I know I gotta pay for all your travel and your Oh yeah, and I I I
1: like a first class flight.
0: Oh, one thing about Chris, Chris is about his coin, and I'm not mad at it. Every time I see Chris, he's like, This is on the company, right? I said, You know it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fly me, fly me out. I'm trying to be uh Yeah, I'm trying to be young Miami fly me out. Come on now.
0: And before we go, you know, I have to shout out the whole Uh Arnett family. Yep. You know, I'm gonna do it because these are my people for over 15 years now. Got to start out Mama Rhonda, Rhonda, Auntie Anne, Uncle Craig, Big Bill, Little Bill, Tracy, Raphael Giovanni. He's
1: gonna kill you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Raphael Giovanni, our big brother, and of course, my Sora, my sister, Dr. Itaski Vashti Bowler Arnett. They are going to kill you.
1: Yes.
0: Information. Itaski is the top downloaded episode on my show. So I have to give my sister love. And I'm just so thankful that the whole Arnett family has embraced my crazy self. And just so y'all know, y'all stuck with me. I'm part of the family. I'm trying to come to a reunion. I haven't been to Brunswick in about seven years. What's up? no one's stopping you rhonda's right there that <laughs> car right on down i want to come when chris comes if he ever comes home
1: oh uh, well you know everybody says that but nobody's putting it on the ticket what's up with that because you a doctor that don't mm. mean a thing okay <laughs> i work in academia
0: but mm. mm. well, with that being said chris we at the end of the show sugar no. so i just want to thank you so much <laughs> for taking the time out because guys again Chris is in Washington. It's not even 7 o'clock at that time that we're recording. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you again. And I want mm-hmm. to... <laughs> I'm begging you. Uh-huh. Uh, look, I'll send you a cash app later. Yeah, okay. Now, I. you heard mm-hmm. it
1: here. And I will I will take her to small claims court. <laughs> I got $3 waiting for you. Uh-uh, I- uh <laughs>
0: So I want to thank, again, the listeners for tuning in to bizradio.us. Please come back, same time, same place, 10 a.m. on Wednesdays for the Veronica Edwards Show. And if you miss the live airing, you can listen to all prior shows at veronicaedwards.buzzsprout.com. Thank you so much, Dr. Arnett.
1: Whatever. You're welcome. It's <laughs> oh, early.
0: Love you. Bye. Love
1: you too. Bye. <laughs>